So I, just, I know I threw out a lot, but I just want to open it up for, for reactions and a little bit of dialogue. Okay, so while you were speaking, a lot came to mind. And um, I've been considered by you know my family as a compassionate person, but now thinking about how in different forms his heart went out to him and how you just have to be completely selfless. I don't know if I would consider myself compassionate. And um, it makes, like I was thinking about, um, I'm so quick to say I can't judge anybody or everyone's different and they all handle situations differently. But when someone, you know, says something or does something towards me, I take forever to forgive someone. Um, and I take, I, it's hard for me to say sorry. I either say it too much when it's not needed or I don't say it at all. So just from listening to the Good Samaritan and hearing how he was selfless um, and how it was his enemy, like I don't really have any enemies per se, um, but just hearing how it was his enemy, a person who was considered to say bad words about them, who, who looked down on them, who was worthless to them, and how he just put all that aside and his heart went out to him, seeing that he was in distress. I, I can't say I know if I could do that. And that sounds so bad, but I need to, to be being honest, I need to work on being selfless and being compassionate to its full extent. Because if I'm going to be a child of God, I need to act like it. I can't just do it halfway. But yeah, that's, that's what came to mind. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. And like, I feel that same way too. And I think that we're all on a journey, right? And we shouldn't beat ourselves up that much because your family tells you you're compassionate and it's for a reason. They see it in you. And I'm sure if you saw your brother, your sister, your, your mom, your dad, uh, your family or your friend, some of us on the call right now, and if you saw us laying in the street, you would be moved with compassion and do something. So that's like, you know, maybe level one uh, or level two or level whatever. And it's like, we have to keep getting compassionate to the point to uh, those people who hurt us, we would love them just the same. And it's not easy and it doesn't happen overnight. But if you are on this journey, if you're pointed in that direction, it will come. But it's those people who, who aren't even on the journey, who couldn't care less. So um, I hear you out, but just, Stay on the journey and you'll get there. Um, I think one thing that stood out to me was when um, uh, Jesus was talking to that religious leader. The way he words, th the way Jesus just words things, like no matter how many times they tried to get him and to like make him slip up, it was like, nah. And he, he was so good with words. Like it, it, it gets me so excited, like how he worded it and how he was like, well, what does it mean to you? And kind of just like focused it on him instead of focused it on the religious leader instead of on him and what he thought. He's like, well, you know, what do you think? Um, that was that just that kind of stood out to me. That always stands out to me whenever I'm looking at Jesus in conversation with other people. Um, I definitely, I was talking, I was saying stuff in the chat and, um, you know, with the, um, the parable of the lost son, like, well, oh my God, 
you know what? There's so many parables. I can't even. Um, but, you know, the parable where, you know, he asks for the inheritance and, um, you know, he goes out. Um, that's the the fact that, you know, he was able to be honored, like like he was honored by his family, by his his father. And it wasn't just like aunts, uncles, come on, come celebrate. Now, it was like everybody in town, my son's back, let's party. Um, and that stood out to me. Um, the fact that it was, it was no matter what you do, I still love you. That, that jumped out at me. And celebrate you, right? Yeah, even when your whole family isn't on board. Because part of the rest of that story, which we didn't read, was that he had a brother. And his brother never left home. And when brother he was came mad. back... Yes, he was mad. so mad. How you gonna celebrate someone who left? And I've been here since day one. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to do nothing for me. That That's, yeah. Yeah. And that speaks to motive, right? So the the older brother, he stayed, not because of love or because of this or because of that, but because there was some sort of... Um, a monetary incentive for him or or some guilt factor or whatever but you know it wasn't love and he proved that when his brother came home he wasn't excited i remember when you were beginning the um or beginning discussing the first part of luke um when you were talking about the samaritan and i think it's really important how you contextualize the word samaritan because I think so many times it's kind of overlooked that Samaritans were really not liked by people. People did not like them. And I think you saying that, like using, like kind of describing the context of how that word was used, was used by a curse. People didn't like them. People called people Samaritans when they were mad. And I think that I think that context really just ties into what Shia was saying, how selfless he really was. This man was hated by a lot of groups of people. And instead of just walking past like everyone did, he stopped and helped them regardless of their perception of him. And I think that really just ties into selflessness and character and how that's something Jesus would do. And like Shiloh was saying again, if we really want to be children of God, we really have to have that attitude of selflessness and compassion and just remembering that it doesn't really matter what people think of you. It's always what the correct and kind thing to do in that situation would be. And he did the correct and kind thing to do. He stopped, he picked him up, he cleaned him up, and he took out money out of his own pocket, which is something, listen, honey, listen, that's it. It's something that if someone didn't like me, I don't think I would go out of my way to give them two grand or a grand to just spend on hotel fees. But he did that because he was selfless and he was willing to do that for someone who didn't like him. And I think that's Yo, just how many people can do that. Yeah. How many people? I know I can't do that. Especially <laughs> if you don't like me. Like, come on now. If you don't like me and I know you don't like me, please, please. But I'm working on that, you know, like it's, it's a it's a journey. And and you you see that and you hear it and you're like, dang, that's not right. And so you're like, okay, well, I kind of have to, but it's just like that part of you. And, and, you know, some of it is stemmed in hurt, you know, 
when when you get hurt by someone, you're like, well, why should I love you when you hurt me? Like that, 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 yeah. Mm. Yo, I feel like we also cannot, okay, two things. <laughs> like Ayana talking about um, the idea around him spending his own money. I think that's huge, right? Because dude could have just brought him home with him. And so to me, I see another level of compassion there, right? So think about if, if I was burned out of my home and someone was compassionate towards me, I think there's different levels of compassion, right? A level of compassion would be, hey, you can come stay with us. And, you know, I only have two bedrooms, but, you know, you guys, your family of six can kind of pile up in two bedrooms. Okay, th compassion, thank you. But another level of compassion? Let me put this whole family up in a hotel where they can feel free to be themselves. If they wanna eat their fried chicken, they can do that in the privacy of their space. If, they, if, she, if, 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 if her husband doesn't want to wear a shirt, he doesn't have to. Like, let's talk about compassion and how compassion is going the extra mile really to make sure that this person, it's, it's like, it's even bigger than being safe. It's like, I want to make sure this person is comfortable. Mm. Comfort. Like when we think about people who are suffering, oh my God, we think about oftentimes like, oh my God, oh my God. We often think about, I want this person to be safe. I want to make sure this person has a meal to eat, but are we thinking about their comfort? Mm. What would make them comfortable? Mm. That is compassion. And then I have to, I have to, I have to look at the flip side. Yo, this suffering man, this suffering person, this suffering community, welcome the help of the one who hated them. Yo, that is deep to me because if you know that there is somebody that hates you and you are stranded on the side of the road, will you welcome the help, the support, the compassion, the comfort that someone is trying to give you that is known to hate you? Do you know the level of vulnerability that that had to take? I don't care if he was on his deathbed. There are people that refuse Jesus on their deathbeds. There are people who refuse Comfort <laughs> on their deathbeds. This story is huge and I am convicted. <laughs> the Holy Spirit has shot an arrow into my heart and said, Leah, get it together. Show somebody comfort, yo. It's not enough to just make them a little veggie sandwich and some cheese with a little slab of mayo. That ain't enough. Like, I feel like cussing. It's not enough. <laughs> it's so not enough. Where is our compassion? For, yo, selflessness, I get it. Forget your selflessness. 
Where is your compassion? Oh my God. Okay, yeah. I'm done. <laughs> and Maya, looks like you're jumping in there. I have something to say after you. Okay. Um, I was just gonna say his compassion was seen. We don't talk about the innkeeper. Like, we don't talk about what he thought of the situation. Like, I'm pretty sure this dude was like, what? What's happening here? <laughs> like, what? what's really going on here? Um, and so it's just like, it's cool to see that even when you're like compassionate, people will see that. Yes. You know, it, there, there are people who will see that and it'll stick with them. Um, and so that that was another part. That was another yeah. part. This is really good discussion. And I was gonna say, like, I I'm like, if you're like me, you're thinking, how do I cultivate this compassion? Like, how could I get it? How could I work up to that level? And there's a few things. One is we could obviously read the gospels and see the number one uh, example of compassion in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. So it's like the more that we absorb Jesus, the more that he gets in our hearts. So that's first and foremost. But second, and also just as important, is that we have to surround ourselves with people who want to do the same thing. Because if you surround yourself with a whole bunch of compassion-less people, what do you think the odds that you are going to have an impact on the 10 of them or that the 10 of them are going to have an impact on you? But if you surround yourself with other people who are just as excited about being compassionate, who have a fire in their bones, and who say, look, I'm not perfect, but I at least want to try. And it's like the fire within you um, works off the fire in them. It's like a, 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 a group of coals. Like when you're trying to do a barbecue, if you just have one coal on fire, that thing is going to go out in a second. But if you have a group of coals and they're all on fire, it's like going to stay. It's going to get white hot. And so we have to surround ourselves with people who are just as compassionate as we want to be, who are as loving, who are as uh, into <clears throat> helping others. And then all of a sudden they'll like pick us up and then we'll pick them up when they're down. And it's like this amazing journey. So that's a couple of things that we could do to help cultivate a, a, our, the compassion in us. <laughs>